The following audio is from Hope Hill Church. To learn more about Hope Hill Church, please visit hopehillchurch.org. So, boys and girls, I want to invite you to come on up front with me and come have a seat on the floor. Uh, Boys and girls of all ages, come on, guys. Come on up here. Come sit up, get in close. We've got a couple special stories that we want to share with you. Yeah, come on up. Bring your cookies and cocoa if you have them. Come on, yeah, have a seat right down here. That's right. And any big boys and girls that want to join us, you're welcome too. Everybody scoot around here so you can see the picture. There you go. We've got a couple special stories. How many of you have ever eaten a candy cane? Yeah? How many of you love candy canes and love making them really sharp and poking your brothers and sisters with? Yeah. I shouldn't have told you that. Well, the candy cane has a special story behind it. And Uncle Tim here is going to share that story with each of us this morning. And so, Tim, take it away. Thanks, Rick. Good morning. Everybody ready for Christmas? Yeah. All right. Well, as John just said, we are going to read the story The Legend of the Candy Cane. And I think maybe we're going to have pictures up there for everybody to look at. But when while they're getting worked up, we will start, and hopefully I'll be able to show you all the pictures. All right, The Legend of the Candy Cane. One dreary evening in the depths of November, a stranger rode into town. He stopped his horse in front of a lonely storefront. The windows were boarded shut and the door was locked fast. But the man looked at it, smiled, and said, Good morning. All through the gray, short days and the long, dark nights of November, the man worked. The townspeople could hear the faint pop, pop, pop of his hammer and the snish, snish, snish of his saw. The townspeople, uh, I'm sorry, they could smell the sweet, clean scent of new lumber and the deep, oily smell of new paint. But no one knew who the man was or what he was doing. Even though his name didn't reveal anything. The mayor hoped he was a doctor to heal his, his illness. The young wives hoped he was a tailor to make beautiful dresses. The farmers hoped he was a trader to exchange their grains for goods. But the children had the strongest, deepest wish of all. A wish they did not tell their parents. A deep, quiet secret that none of them said out loud. No one spoke to the man. No one asked if he needed help. They just waited and watched One small girl watched and wondered, waited and wished longer than she could stand. And one snowy day, she knocked at the stranger's door. Hello, she said. My name is Lucy. Do you need some help? The man smiled warmly and nodded. Then he opened the door and Lucy stepped inside. A long counter ran down the side of the room. Bare shelves filled the opposite walls. In the back were dozens and dozens of barrels and crates. Could you help me unpack? The man asked. Lucy's heart sank at the sight of all the boxes. What if they were only barrels of nails and bags of flour? But she removed her dripping boots and hung her coat on a peg. On stocking feet, she crossed the rough wooden floor and knelt beside a crate. Please, open it, the man urged. Slowly, Lucy put her hand into the box and pulled out an object wrapped in tissue. 
almost slipped through her fingers. Lucy trembled a little as she unwrapped it. It was a glass jar. Lucy gave the man a puzzled look. Go on, his nod said. So she unpacked another glass jar and another and another until she was completely surrounded by jars of all shapes and sizes, tall and thin, round and squat, jars with lids and jars without. Now, the man said, there's something to put inside. And he pulled over a huge crate stamped with a strange word. As Lucy unpacked, her eyes lit up. It was candy, her favorite candy, gumdrops. Try some, the man said. She popped one in her mouth, and now she could hardly unwrap fast enough. Peppermint sticks, taffy, lollipops, chewing gum. Wide-eyed, she looked at the man. We wished, Lucy said. <laughs> yes, I know, said the man. And here it is. Welcome to Sonneman's Candy Store. I'm John Sonneman. Soon the small store was filled with candies, gleaming in their glass jars, raspberry suckers and tiny lemon drops, brightly covered jaw colored jawbreakers and long tangles of licorice, pink and white peppermints for church and butterscotch balls for company. Then in the very last package, in the very last crate, was a candy Lucy had never seen before, a red and white striped candy stick with a crook at the end. What is this, Lucy asked. This, Mr. Sonman explained, is a candy cane. It is a very special Christmas candy. Why? Lucy asked. Tell me, Mr. Sonman said. What letter does it look like? Lucy looked at the candy and turned it in her hand. J, she said. Yes, Mr. Sonman smiled. J for Jesus, who was born on Christmas Day. Now turn it over. What does it remind you of? Lucy turned the candy in her hand. She peered down intently. I know, she said finally. It's like a shepherd's staff. Who were the first to find out about Jesus' birth, Mr. Sonman asked. Shepherds in the field, heard somebody here say it. Lucy answered, watching over their flocks by night. But Mr. Sonman, what are the stripes for, Lucy asked. The man's eyes grew sad. The prophet Isaiah said, by his stripes we are healed. Before he died on the cross, Jesus was whipped. He bled terribly. The red reminds us of his suffering and his blood. But then, Mr. Sonman continued, the candy is white as well. When we give our lives to Jesus, his blood washes away our sin, making us white and pure as snow. That, he said, is the story of the candy cane. Is it a secret? Lucy asked. Mr. Sonman looked at her. It's a story that needs to be told, he said. Will you help me share it? It was now the depths of December. The town was whipped round by blizzard winds. For days the sun hid itself. But every morning, Mr. Sonman and Lucy ventured out. They wore heavy woolen coats and bright hand-knit scarves. And in their stiff mittened fingers, they each held a bag. They went to every house in town. They traveled to every farm in the country. They knocked on every door. In every home, they told the story. They left a small gift, and they gave an invitation. On the afternoon of Christmas Eve, the sun finally broke through the clouds, and Sonman's candy store officially opened. The mayor came, feeling better than he'd felt in days. The young wives came, dressed in beautiful smiles. The farmers came, eager to trade grain for Christmas gifts, 
and the children ran in dizzy circles. Yes, their wish had come true. Yes, they had come to share in the opening of the candy store, but they shared something more, something bigger, something better. On that Christmas Eve, they shared the story of the candy cane. They told of the miracle of Christ's birth, the misery of his death, and the mercy of his love. And there you go. That is the story of the candy cane. So boys and girls, how many of you ever heard the story of how Jesus was born? Yeah? Well, let me share it with you, uh, all of you. This is from the book of Luke, chapter 2. It says this. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quinius, the governor of, uh, was the governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn baby son. How many of you have had a baby brother or baby sister ever born? This was so exciting for Mary and Joseph to have their firstborn baby son. She gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the fields. They were keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord came and appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born on this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel and a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which is the Lord. And he has made known this to this, this to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known this child and all that had been said concerning him. And all who heard it wondered and, and stirred up all these things. Uh, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God and for all they had heard and seen and that had been told to them that day. At the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was named, what was his name? Jesus. The name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. This is the story of Christmas, that Jesus came to be born Jesus was God and is God, and he became one of us. And he was born a little baby in a manger. You guys know what a manger is? 
It, what is it? What is it? it? It's a place where animals eat. Isn't that weird? There was no other place to put the baby Jesus, and so they laid him in a manger, a, a feed trough where they would put food for sheep and cows and goats and donkeys. And this is how Jesus came. And Jesus came because he loves us, and he came to show us that even though our world has pain sometimes and sadness and brokenness, Jesus came to love us, to meet us here, right where we're at, and to show us how we can be forgiven. How many of you have ever done something wrong, done something bad? Yeah. Do you guys know that Pastor Gary's my brother? That guy right there with the bald head? Yeah. He's my brother. And nobody had to teach us how to fight. It just, we were born and we naturally were greedy. We wouldn't share at times. We would get in fights and Gary would punch me in the face. He was, he was mean. Even though, even though I'm the older brother, he would, he would sometimes beat me up. And, uh, but our mom and dad taught us that there was a guy named Jesus who loved us, who came to forgive us. And if we would ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins, if we would believe that he was the savior, the king who came down to be with us, his people, that he would die on the cross and that he would take our place. He never did anything wrong. He never did any sins, but he said, father, forgive them for all that they've done. They don't know what they're doing. They're, they're putting me on the cross and they don't understand, but I'm dying for them because I love them. And the Bible tells us that if we put our faith and trust and receive Jesus as the gift that God gave to the world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in Jesus will never have to perish and be eternally separated from God, but will have eternal life. And boys and girls, our hope is that you will come to put your hope and your trust and your faith and believe in Jesus. He wants to be your forever friend. Moms and dads, the reason we do a special service like this isn't because we deserve a break and we don't want to set up everything. Actually, it took more to set up this this morning than we normally set up. But we do this because we believe that, that, that children need to see the faith of their parents. They need to see the church as a family. They need to see the beauty of the gospel being told and lives being transformed. In a few minutes, you're going to see a story of one of our families who came to Christ and their, their children came to Christ right here as a part of what we do as a family. You're going to see that video in just a few minutes. In a couple minutes before that video, we're going to have another family and they're going to come and be baptized because they believe this story. They believe that Jesus came. They put their hope and trust in Jesus. And the Bible teaches us that when we believe, our next step is called baptism. This big tub here, of warm water. This tub is what we do baptisms in. A baptism is kind of like, how many of you have ever been to a funeral? Any of you have ever been to a funeral? A baptism is kind of like a funeral, but in a joyful way. Because the Bible says that when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, that we die to ourself and we're raised to new life. Jesus went up to the cross and he died for us. But three days later, he came back to life. And he now says, if you put your faith and trust in me, I will forgive you. 
And when you are baptized, you are baptized with Jesus and his death, and you are raised to walk a new life, given a, a clean start, ready to follow him and chase after him and become everything that he wants you to be. And so I want to invite Steve and Cole and Allie to come on over here. A dad and two beautiful daughters. Let's hear it for them. So we believe that Jesus, what he did for us, changed everything. By coming to this earth and taking our place, he took all of our sins upon himself. And in exchange, when he conquered sin and death and victory and rose again, he exchanged our brokenness for new life. And if any of us choose to simply believe in that and receive him as our Savior and Lord, we will be saved. And then Jesus said, believe and be baptized. And so this morning, uh, Cole and uh, Allie made the decision for themselves. Yes, they were baptized as babies, but I was baptized as a baby, and I had no idea what was happening. But they made that decision for themselves, and so we celebrate that decision that they've made today. And we want you to know that if you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, not just believe that there is a God out there, but truly believe that in the midst of your brokenness, in the midst of your sin, there is a God full of mercy and grace. And he came to show his love for you and for me. And if you've never received him and your life as Savior and Lord, the scriptures tell us that if we believe in our heart that he died for us on the cross and we confess with our mouth that we want him to be Lord, we will be saved. We will be made children of God. So I want to pray over you right now as we pray together. And if you've never prayed out to our Father, asking him to come and to save you, you can do it right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your forgiveness and your grace. The truth is, is we need it. We don't deserve salvation. We don't deserve forgiveness. We are all born with sin in our life. But regardless of the amount of sin or how far we feel we've drifted from you, you are not too far from anyone. And you tell us that today is the day of salvation, that if we simply put our hope and faith and trust in you, that you will change us and make us new. And so, God, I pray for those in this room who may be calling out to you for the very first time, or maybe they've been through these motions before and they were simply motions and never meant it. But today, they put their hope and their faith and their trust in you, and they call out to you as, as Savior and Lord. I pray that you come in and by the power of your Holy Spirit, begin to make them new, make them a new creation, and help them now from this point to follow you. So that I can pray for you as one of the pastors here, I'd like to ask you, if you have received that gift of salvation today, would you just raise your hand to the Lord Jesus right now? Will you raise your hand and say, Pastor John, today I am opening up my heart to receive that gift of salvation. I see that hand. Are there any others? Amen. Anyone else? Today I, receive, I see that hand. Father God, thank you for those in this room. I see that hand. I thank you for those who are opening up their heart to receive you this morning. That you come and you offer forgiveness and grace to any who would receive it. Thank you for the gift of salvation, the gift of love, the gift of hope. Thank you for you. In your name we pray. Amen.